I loved my work at NASA. It was very fun, but I feel very passionate about working with viruses. Mm -hmm. You know, even before we were under in this pandemic and everyone was affected, there were lots of people affected by different viruses that we didn't think about on a day-to-day basis. So I knew that I wanted to get back into working with viruses. And it turns out when you have a background in biology and you work with little molecules, you can do a lot of different stuff. So it's easy to kind of change what your focus is. So now I'm back to viruses and uh, it's, it's a good time to, to work in viruses, unfortunately. Welcome to my podcast, Our Future Earth, where I talk to women who work in science, technology, engineering, and math about how they make our future Earth a better place for kids like me. My name is Ayanda, and this is Our Future Earth. This week I talk with Elise Grossi Soyster. Elise is a PhD student in microbiology and immunology at Stanford University. She works there too as a community health educator and she founded a nonprofit called STEM Outreach Collective. Hey guys. Hey. Man, I haven't seen you in years. I know. I was just thinking how do you have an eight-year-old? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you want to say hello to my Hi. friend? Hi. I'm Ayanda. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. <laughs> yeah, you thanks, have... for, thanks for agreeing to do this. Of course. I'm excited to listen in on you talking with Ayanda. So, yeah, she, she'll very shortly kick me out of here. I'll just be sitting on the bed down here. <laughs> My mom said that you made peanut butter cups. Oh, I remember those. Those were. You, you know what? I just made some last night, and I brought them to work, and uh, everybody ate them really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't make them a lot, but I just made some. That's so funny that you asked. Yeah, they're were really were, delicious. Were you starting up like a business doing that? I was, yeah. Okay. Um, but it turns out uh, science is way more important than chocolate sometimes i mean <laughs> the chocolate fuels the science <laughs> right okay now we can full screen okay all right okay <laughs> <laughs> um my first question is can you explain to me what you do Yeah, so I am a virologist. So that means I study viruses. And there's a lot of viruses out there in the world that we don't really understand. So one of the things that I do is I go and I look for viruses that we don't know a lot about. And I try to learn as much as I can about them on many different levels. So how they make us sick and how they interact with our cells once they get into our body. Mm-hmm. and um, how they cause disease and how they're transmitted. So there's a lot of different things that we don't understand about a lot of viruses. What inspired you to do what you do? Yeah, so when I was when I was younger, a little bit older than you, I think I was in middle school or high school, mm-hmm. uh, one of my family members got sick 
who was infected with a virus that I knew nothing about. Mm -hmm. And I thought, why am I not learning about this in school? Um, It's so interesting and scary. And so I started to learn on my own. And then I studied it in college and have just continued ever since. So it started kind of in my family, but now uh, there's lots of different people that are affected that I think, you know, could really benefit from research that we're doing. Mm -hmm. How does your work make our future earth a better place for kids like me? Well, a lot of the viruses that I study actually are really bad for children. And we're not really sure why that is, whether it's because they're younger and their immune systems are still developing, or um, if they're just living in parts of the world where they don't have access to certain types of healthcare and preventative medicine so that they don't get sick. Uh, But there are a lot of children that are affected by these viruses. And so anything that we can learn to understand them uh, will eventually give those children a better life and a better chance at growing up to be healthy and strong. Yeah, so because um, it's there's COVID-19, mm-hmm. um, like there's like a change. How does like that happen with like viruses? Yeah, COVID-19 is a really good example. It's kind of making us all think about viruses, not just the people who study them. So COVID-19 is the disease that you get from the virus and the virus is called SARS-CoV-2. And so SARS was the original coronavirus, one of the original ones that we started to study many years ago when there was a similar outbreak in a different part of the world. Didn't quite spread the same way that SARS-CoV-2 has spread around the world. And it's changed because there are little tiny mutations in the virus's RNA. Uh, That's what it's made of. We have DNA and we use RNA as well, but the virus is made of RNA and a couple of different proteins. And so there are little changes in the sequence of that RNA that help it kind of get into our system and cause infections a lot easier and in different ways. So those mutations or the changes in its genetic material are what cause these changes and and allow it to spread in different ways. Mm. Um, um, How does, how do you know, like how the coronavirus started? A lot of people are trying to figure out exactly how it started right now. That's a big question. And actually one of the types of, one of the classifications of viruses that I particularly focus on studying are what we call zoonotic viruses. And so that's a big word that just means that it can be spread between animals and humans. So zoo, kind of like zoo animals is where that word comes from. And so we think that it was originally uh, an infection in certain types of animals. We're not exactly sure which ones. A lot of people think bats might be uh, one of the types of animals that could spread this virus. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is a pangolin, which is a, if you're not if you're not familiar with what a pangolin is, I highly recommend you uh, look it up on on the internet because they're very cute. Um, but so there are lots of different animals that could potentially have been infected with this virus first, and it could have mutated in them 
to spread to humans when we come into contact with those animals. So we're not totally sure, but we think that that's one of the main ways that it could have happened. Um, I heard that like it started in China. That's what I heard. Yeah, so the first cases that we were aware of were in a market that sells certain types of animals uh, in a, a particular city in China. Well, with COVID-19, can, it, does it cause, does more kids get sick of it or like adults? Yeah, that's a really good question because usually we think when there's a new infection, a new disease causing something like a virus or a bacteria or a parasite that we've never heard of before, we've never seen before, it's usually kids that are uh, the ones to get sick and to get the worst type of sickness. So they are usually worse off than everybody else. And that is usually because their immune systems are not as developed. And so it makes it harder for them to fight off the infection. But actually with with COVID-19, it's a little different because it seems like adults are more susceptible to get this infection. So they are more likely to get infected than kids. Uh, Kids can get it, but it seems like they don't get as sick or sick at all Mm -hmm. um, because of it. So we're not really sure why that happens. What is an immune system? An immune system is a part of your body. So we have digestive systems where you eat food and it digests all your food and that's where you get the energy right? And you have your circulatory system where all your blood flows through your body to spread that energy around your body. And an immune system is kind of like those things where there's all these different types of specialized cells that kind of patrol your body. And it's a little bit like having your own little security system. And they go and they float around your body and they look for things that could cause an infection. And if there is something like the coronavirus, floating around in there, they do their best to fight it off. Um, And sometimes our immune system is not as great as detecting uh, the infection before it kind of spreads and causes, makes us sick, but actually it's still doing a really good job. Mm. Um, What did you do with NASA? Yeah, so Anda, it's, it's interesting when you get into science, some people say, I have an interest in, in science and I know I want to study this specific thing. Like I want to study viruses or I want to study a certain type of chemistry or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or I want to study space stuff. And for me, it wasn't that clear because uh, all science is cool to me. Uh, It's, it's all challenging. It's all interesting. And so I started off with medicine and biology, basic, you know, what's going on with our bodies. How do we work? And then I, uh, I got a job at NASA kind of randomly (laughs) and I was working on developing technologies for the mission to Mars that was supposed to happen in 2020, but it didn't happen. (laughs) So I was on the life support team, uh, for it's life sciences. So we developed life support technologies for astronauts. So that's a fancy way of saying, We need certain technologies to keep the astronauts alive while they're traveling to their destination. So in this case, Mars, and also when they get there, if they're going to stay there for a little while, or if they're just going to circle the planet a couple of times and come back, they need things like food, oxygen, 
um, water, uh, all sorts of things, right? Medicine, because sometimes they don't feel well when they're up there. Uh, lots of stuff that they need to stay alive. And so one of the things that I was doing was uh, working on a, a project that was all about what we call high-end recycling. So you know what recycling means? Mm-hmm. Where you take something and you break it down and you make it into something else. So you're like kind of repurposing it. So I was doing that with human waste from astronauts. So things like pee. Astronauts have to pee in space. And part of that pee is filtered and turned into drinking water, which sounds very gross, right? But actually it's super clean. But then there's some leftover stuff from the pee, solids, salts, and things that we don't really think about. We just think about liquid, right? Coming out and we flush it away. But there's some stuff that's left over. And it turns out that certain types of bacteria love to eat those solids. And those bacteria can be changed, manipulated a little bit to make certain things that we can use instead. So we're breaking down the pee and turning it into stuff that the astronauts will actually need, like rocket fuel. I know, isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Well, how do you go from NASA to doing like um, doing things with um, like vac- um, vaccines and stuff? Yeah, uh, so... I loved my work at NASA. It was very fun, but I feel very passionate about working with viruses. Mm -hmm. You know, even before we were under in this pandemic and everyone was affected, there were lots of people affected by different viruses that we didn't think about on a day-to-day basis. So I knew that I wanted to get back into working with viruses. And it turns out when you have a background in biology and you work with little molecules, you can do a lot of different stuff. So it's easy to kind of change what your focus is. So now I'm back to viruses and uh, it's, it's a good time to, to work in viruses, unfortunately. Can you tell me about your nonprofit? So I have a nonprofit called STEM Outreach Collective, and it's a group of scientists, anybody, scientists, um, people in in all STEM fields, um, not even just people doing research, but professionals, you know, in medicine and different, different fields. And we get together and we go into middle school and high school classrooms and talk about the work that we're doing. So the idea is we explain kind of what the kids are learning at their level and then show exactly how it's relevant to what we do in our everyday work. So um, right now it is all remote because of COVID, but usually we like to physically go into the classrooms and interact with the students. So we have that online and and, um, it's really easy for teachers to get in touch with us and it's all free um to to all the schools so uh so we'll present to just about anybody and we love talking about what science is happening now and how there's a place for everybody in stem fields i think a lot of people assume that it's only for certain people who have gone to certain types of schools or have certain level of education but it turns out that you can be a scientist as long as you are a curious person, you know, so you don't have to go to a fancy school. You don't have to get a PhD. Um, you can get involved at many different levels. So, uh, so check it out if you, if you want. Also, can you send the recipe to my mom or dad of the <laughs> peanut butter cups? 
I can't because it is a proprietary recipe. Nice. Yes. Yeah. You but know I, I can mean? always, I could try to mail some to you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mail. <laughs> you, you know what proprietary means? No. It means that it's, it's a secret recipe. It's like only certain people know it. Okay, because she took the time it. to make this. Then we won't share it. No, well, she's not going to give you the <laughs> recipe. Uh, oh, oh. No, but then we can like this. Because the idea is that if mm. you want it, you would have to buy her product. How much is one box? <laughs> I don't really sell them anymore, but I'd be happy to send you guys some. Okay. Oh, we would love that. Um, <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you for being Bye. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Introducing Satori Silly Stem Jokes. I'll tell you a coronavirus joke now, but you'll have to wait two weeks to see if you got it.